0: Welcome to the Eventful Lives podcast. I'm your host Dodge and I'm the founder of Bournemouth 7s, the world's largest sport and music festival. On this podcast I speak to proper characters of all lived eventful lives. Do us a favour and hit that follow button and be sure to check us out on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook and TikTok at Dodge Woodall, where we've now had over 100 million views. How are you Dodge? Very good gents, good to see you. Good to see you too mate,
1: good to see you too. George is the host of the Eventful Lives podcast. And I mean, that's where we'll start, right? Where did
0: where does Eventful Lives come from? Eventful Lives podcast. Wow. Okay. It started three years ago and it was actually called Eventful Entrepreneur podcast. Um, and we started in lockdown when Boris spoke on March the 23rd, 2020. Um, I had to postpone our festival. We got born the Sevens Festival, 30,000 people. We had to postpone it to the August And I was like, right, I need to think to do something here. So started a podcast, didn't know what podcasts were, didn't have a clue. Um, Someone said, why don't you tell your story? And I was like, no, I'm all right. I won't tell my story. I've sort of always been behind the business. Um, Anyway, told the story. People loved that on the podcast. And I've just had lots of friends and friends of friends come on the podcast over the last three years. So that's where it's kind of gone from. Um, The first two years of Eventful Entrepreneur was purely audio. So we had Spotify and Apple. Uh, we did no video with it whatsoever. We then changed the name um, after two years, January this January this year, um, when Josh came on board, our producer. Um, and then we've gone full on visual, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, all the stuff that the clever people behind me are uh, cutting up and doing. So yeah, that's the
2: that's the kind of the journey over the last three years. Awesome. Who'd you have to thank for that? Who was it that said that you need to tell your story? Um, good question
0: there, Cain. Uh, The staff, really, the staff of the Bournemouth Sevens, because they know that, you know, when you lose a festival, you know, you look at, you know I didn't realise at the time, you lose a million quid, you know, you sold 30,000 tickets for people to come to your festival then you, and then have to move your festival and then Boris to tell you in August that there's no festivals happening, you have to cancel your festival and you have to move for the following year then postpone it again from May to the following August. There's a lot of pressure on. Um, I loved it. Loved that pressure to be, I know it's a bit weird, but I did like that pressure. Uh, It made me come alive. It made me be the entrepreneur, come, you know, I've been an entrepreneur all my life, never had a job, building brands, building businesses. And then that period then when 2020 came about, it really excited me because I knew what happened in 2008 with the recession then, the financial crisis. And that's when I launched the festival. And now sixteen years on, we're back in two thousand twenty. We're thirteen, fourteen years on. It allowed me to go right and start creating again. So we created a couple, couple of businesses. But um, going back to your question, I think it was um, Big Dan in the office and a few others in the office. The to Seventeen. God, go and tell your stories, Dodge. People want to know. People want to know what you've done in the events world and festival world and party world and how you've created brands from nothing. And I told it and people really liked it. So we kind of gave us that momentum to go, why don't we start interviewing people? And, you know, 180-odd episodes later, you know, I think I've told about seven or eight of stories within that from the different businesses that we've created and some of the crazy stories I've got up to. And it's really sort of that whole pandemic, which I really enjoyed, not not for everything that was going on, but what I enjoyed about the pandemic was it allowed me to start creating it. It also allowed me to stop. It made me stop. For the first time in my life, stop and look back and reflect where you've come and what you've achieved. Because as a personality like myself, you're constantly, what's the next thing? Where are we going? What are we doing? How are we improving? Da-da-da-da. Look after your team. Build brands. Build this. What's going on with social media? You're constant. You know, I don't switch off. So it was a lovely time to stop and reflect and thank lots of people who have been on the journey with me and helped me on the journey to throw in 1,500 club nights across the UK um, in 40 different venues over a 10-year period. And we had 12 nightclubs every week in different cities for that 10-year period, all student nights. We were the pioneers of student nights. And then moved into the festival world. And within that, we created a sportswear brand as well, which we built and sold. And yes, we've done a lot. And it was the first time that you could stop and look back and go, people might want to hear these stories. So we've told all these stories and people have, really like them so that's really the the journey wrapped
1: up really going back to when you said the members of the team were well, saying you should start a podcast yeah did you say you weren't listening to podcasts at all and didn't really know what they were no
0: no I didn't I listened to one thing called a fellow called Stephen Bartlett um, who I listened to like half an hour of him someone said listen to this thing and he was half an hour was turning pages over and he was just speaking his mind mm-hmm. and I was like I quite like this this fellow, I did not have a clue who he was, young lad, speaking his mind, working on a Sunday night, he said he was in his room and talking about his, what happened in the week before and what's gone on and, you know, that's gone on to become a, a huge podcast called The Diary of a CEO. It's kind of, it, that kind of, when I heard that, I was like, well, I can tell that. So that's the only snippet, I maybe 20 minutes, half an hour, it's the only snippet I knew I did, but I didn't understand what podcasts were and, you know, and. In the UK, the podcasts really have come alive in the last year. Really, I think you know we're lucky we've jumped on it earlier than earlier than most. But this last year, I've really seen podcasts really boom, and it's allowed you know the normal bod who doesn't know about podcasts. This last year, people are going, "Are you listen to that podcast? Are you listen to that podcast? I'm going to listen to that podcast." So this this medium of podcasting, I believe, is 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 going to be massive, and is growing in a very fast rate as well. I'm just glad we got in their early doors,
2: mm.
0: you know. Do you think that it
1: was actually helpful that you hadn't listened to podcasts? Because it's we see a lot of people looking to start podcasts or say, I want to be like them. I want to be like them. I'm mm. going to copy this. I'm going to copy Such that. a pet peeve. Do you think the fact mm. that you didn't have all of these different podcasters that you knew about and had listened to yeah. just helped you
0: be authentic and just tell your story without the yeah. pressures or the idea of let me copy this person? Yeah, 100%. I've never copied anyone and whatever we've done, we've always been pioneers, setting up businesses or whatever. And I think it's powerful. I think naivety in business is, is a gift that is overlooked. And if you're naive in business, I think it's such a beautiful, beautiful gift um, because you're not comparing yourself. You know, they talk about these days, c- comparing is the thief of joy. And listen, if I knew what I knew now, there might be, and you are listening to podcasts, you might like some styles that people are talking about. You might like the style of that host. My listen. I had no start. I had no, it was just me, wallop, let's go, let's chat, you know. And you do improve over time because you come better at it. Um, you learn, you learn to listen. You know, a lot of podcast hosts find it hard to listen. Um, and I think that's a gift as well. Um, because sometimes with, as a host, if you're speaking too much, the listener doesn't want to listen to you speak. They want to listen to your guest. You just guide it. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really glad I didn't have a clue what I was doing. Like most businesses, like most days, <laughs> just work it all out as you go along. Um, again, that's another gift. But there's too much pressure on people these days wanting to work it out and be perfect. Just start. If you've got an idea, just freaking start. Like, go for it. Start. Start talking. Build your confidence of chatting to people and going, ask them questions and be curious. Yeah, The more curious you are, the better podcast host you'll be in my opinion would you say you're a perfectionist I sweat over the small stuff and attention to detail is really important to me that's a really good question I've asked that before I'm not a perfectionist I like to I like things to be presented in the right way you know if they're presented in the right way if you're promoting on LinkedIn if you're promoting on Instagram, if you're promoting on Facebook, I like them to be presented in the right way. Yeah, but I will speak from the heart and I'll speak from the gut straight away. If I'm right and saying, duh, 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 that sounds good. Yep, yeah, bang, I'm out if I'm talking about that. Um, but perfectionism can really kill people. Um, so in one way, I guess I am a bit of a perfectionist. In another way, I'm not because I just get up and start and try it and do it and whatever, see what happens. Um, but I think a lot of people get the, the um, imposter syndrome where they get scared to go and start because they say they're a perfectionist. Well, actually, they're just scared. Do you get me? Where mm. I'm coming from. So it, my my advice to anyone out there, if you are saying that you're perfectionist, you don't want to start, just start. No one mm. really gives a shit. Just start. Because once you start, you get the ball rolling, then people will start enjoying you as a host or, or,
2: or as a talker or whatever, you know. We need to clip that. So this is, this is a new thing I've started asking people yeah. because, you know, we run training events and stuff and, and we'll teach people to do what we've done. But the amount of people that have got this excuse, that excuse, it's like, oh, well, you know, the artwork isn't perfect. Like, can you just move this logo six pixels this way or what? And it, all these minute details, it's like, please just yeah. fucking stop just, just crack on. Just, mm.
0: Yeah. You can get to a level. You just, if you're starting, just get to a level. You'll see what people are doing. If you can get, if you, like I was saying, business, no one's, no one's created business. Everyone's just got ideas and robbing ideas from everyone else. That's just that's business. That's life. If you accept that, you know. So if you get ideas of people and build up your bigger picture and just start, you know, like you're saying, moving pixels on that. Come on, you know. So I said the other day, there's
1: got to be loads of people out there who spent ten years trying to find a way to get rich quick. All these little ideas and mm. trying to get, come up with a perfect plan. When If you've just done something and failed in the first year and failed in the second year and failed in the
0: third year, maybe the fourth year you mm. break even, fifth year you're successful. I don't like the line, word maybe. fail. No? No, I don't. I personally don't. I know there's everywhere at the moment going, you must fail to succeed. You must fail. I'm not sure you have to fail to succeed. I, the way, I, I, the way I, I guess I put across is that I'm constantly tweaking. It's not failing, it's tweaking. Mm. Tweak, tweak, tweak. That didn't work. tweak that. Let's go again. Mm-hmm. you're off that. And if you look at, a, a, if you, look at a, you know, people online, they go, "Oh, the perfect business goes smooth like that." That's a load of bollocks. Yeah. Like literally as an entrepreneur, you are working out every minute of every day until you do a thousand days. And when you do a thousand days, you break the back of that business because you've worked it all out. And as an entrepreneur, you live and breathe it. There's no weekends, there's no nights But like people I make phone calls on a Saturday, four o'clock in the afternoon to people to lawyers. To, 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 they're like, oh, your you is... Just another day for me, you know, because if you enjoy what you do, it's just another day. It's not like, oh, I'm really looking forward to my Friday and I can't wait to get smashed on Friday night because
2: I'm not enjoying my work. It's just another day. It's one of the funniest things, isn't it? It's like, oh, I want to leave my corporate job so I can be my own boss and set my own hours. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, you don't have a Christmas. You don't don't have weekends. You don't have bank holidays. No, you don't. And your new boss is the biggest arsehole in the world. Mm -hmm. It's you Mm -hmm. because you're never going to give yourself a break. Yeah, because you're constantly pushing boundaries. Mm.
0: You constantly want to improve, improve, tweak, 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 tweak. And those little tweaks, going back to your word of perfectionism, like one little tweak of something that may not be a big thing to someone else could be big to you, could make a huge difference to your difference to your business. Huge. What small tweaks
2: have you made? Wording. The title.
0: Yeah. You know, both myself if you're talking about if we're talking about podcasts here, not other businesses. Going from eventful entrepreneur podcast, great, but actually going to eventful lives has opened me up to everyone, mm. you know. So I know that I can get a guest on now who's lived an eventful life. They feel comfortable coming on because it's eventful lives. If it was eventful entrepreneur and that person's lived a really eventful life, they might get a bit scared off. Going, well, I'm not an entrepreneur, mm. you know. It's kind of kind of that. So it's opened up a, it's opened up a huge array of opportunities
2: for us also no one can
0: spell entrepreneur no one can spell <laughs> entrepreneur <laughs> it's <laughs> funny to <laughs> say that if you're going back to it that's really good, good really good point kane when we first started again didn't know what we we're doing we bought eventful entrepreneur podcast we bought eventful entrepreneur.com thinking apparently you're meant to put it through a com, and we can put all our all our uh our episodes up on the- people can't spell it No,
2: nice. honestly
1: <laughs> you know, but- that's very true. It, it, I, I must write it about five times a day, and each time I'm like, yeah, I've done a right? Is
0: it R E N E U R? Yeah, agree, agree. So yeah, it's um, yeah. Was there any element of you that felt like you had to earn the
1: right to be a bit more broad? So you went from eventual entrepreneur to eventful lives. No. Was it a case of starting niche and broadening out, or was it just
0: you didn't want to put people off? Well, I didn't know what podcast was. So I didn't know what it was going to do to well, what it's done. Like what mm. podcasting has done to me over the last thousand days has been crazy, but. When I was doing it, Eventful Entrepreneur, I didn't know what we would do. We would just go and put it on audio, see what happens, and people started to listen. It takes time for people to listen. You can't go and do a podcast and expect 5,000 people tomorrow to listen to a podcast when podcasts weren't even big three years ago. You know, you've got and, – and one thing that I did do and made a massive point, I didn't look at any stats for two years until we went onto YouTube. I didn't care. I just knew that I was getting feedback from people that I really like your podcast. I really like your podcast. But people can't, when you're doing an audio podcast, what I learned was people can't really leave comments. You can't leave a comment on Apple and Spotify. You can leave a review on Apple, but for someone to leave a review, they've really got to like your content. For someone to go out of their way and leave a proper review and da-da-da-da and all the stuff that goes with it. And Spotify, you can't. It's only when we come into YouTube that you're like, Oh, my God, people are absolutely loving this podcast because people can leave hundreds of comments underneath every single episode. Then gives you a nice spring in your step to go, my God, we're onto something here. People are enjoying the genres we're doing, people enjoying the guests, people enjoying the Netflix trailer movies, 60-second trailer movies we do before each podcast. People are actually enjoying you as a host where actually you think it's all about the guest, which it is, and you let them speak and do But if you can host in a certain way, people will actually respect you for hosting in a certain way. And then all of a sudden people are writing comments about the host, which they enjoy. So it's um it's been a really interesting interesting three years. It really has. And it's probably the most probably the best decision I've ever made in my business life. That's a big statement. Yeah. Why is that? Because it's opened so many doors. Like what? Every like, I've had so many doors open because you're a podcast host. One, I didn't go out there for any sort of status because I didn't have a clue. You were just doing a podcast. You think I do a podcast, and but after hitting a thousand days, and you get to a point where you are just people are getting to watch you like you know, like you might have a million views on YouTube. You know, we've had in the past year since we've been on there, we've had like seventeen and a half million views of long form content. You know, it's it's. It's real, um, but opportunities have arisen. People want to do business with you. People want to open up and ask you questions. People want to um, present to you certain stuff because they know you're not just a podcaster. They know you're a businessman behind the podcast as well. You know, so it's it's been it's been truly amazing. I guess one of the things that opened up was I got invited onto a program onto a YouTube channel called. Um, Oh, mate, what are those lads called? Huh? Sidemen. Side men, that's it. Were you actually? Yeah. Yeah. So I got invited I onto this play. thing called Sidemen. So they got in contact and we're like, oh, we'll, um, would like you to be one of the dragons then on our channel Sidemen. And I ignored it. <laughs> like thinking, what, well, you know, I, I think I put it past one of the, someone of the men got in contact and I got busy doing something else. And then they followed up again. Dodge, it's tomorrow. We really want you to be uh one of the Dragon's Den, acting Dragon's Den to come on there and one on our show. So I put it out into the WhatsApp group to the the team here at Bournemouth Sevens. So I went, guys to talk, they were like, Are you joking? Go. They've like hundreds of millions of views and everything they do I was like, "Oh my god, yeah, really, yeah." So I was in, so <laughs> so, so yeah, so went up That's there mental. and did a I did a side men show with them uh, all afternoon, which was quite cool. an experience. I gotta say, what
1: was it? What was it like? So I know they're very
0: they set it up to be serious and then kind of have the foolish element oh, to it. Mate, I didn't have a clue what I was letting myself in for. If I was, <laughs> if I was on, I, I turned up there. They obviously they paid for you to go up there and they do all the bits, and you're waiting outside, and you go into a room and there's loads of cameras, and the woman before you go into the room says. Do you know what Sidemen is? I said, no, not really, if I'm honest. But my staff to just go and do it. My team down the board said, just go and do it. So I mean, if you ask me questions, I will tell you my thoughts. Da, da, da. And it was so surreal because I didn't realise it was like a comedy. St- they're, they're, yeah. they're serious, but there's actually a comedy sketch behind it. Mm. Kind of. Is that the way to explain it? Yeah,
2: yeah. I think that's accurate.
1: I think I've seen him do a, a Dragon's Den style thing before, but yeah. it's just uh, like piss take
0: business. Yeah, it was. A, it was like a piss. It was a piss. So they presented the, the Side Men. Um, main characters were presenting and one of them, it was really threw me because it was like oh you're a festival owner aren't you I was like yeah well we're thinking of selling drugs on uh, at this <laughs> festival and I was really thrown back I thought like am I getting stitched up here am I <laughs> going to say the wrong thing you know um, we're going to sell drugs at the festival if we bought 100 pills for that price and we sold them that price but they were, they were legal are you okay for us to I was like oh my god am I actually getting stitched up if I say the wrong thing I'm getting caught out and so we went along with it. It was really funny. That was what their first idea they pitched the dragon. The second idea was taking loads of kids under 10 years old, taking them on a plane away from their parents and flying them into Cambodia and they have to work for three quid an hour. It's, it was all just weird, <laughs> weird, funny stuff, I guess. That's why they get so many views and it's got so many subscribers. And I'd say actually. they're probably the biggest YouTube channel in the UK in terms oh, In Europe, wasn't it? Probably. Yeah. Like, I mean, they're up there. They're like massive. Anyway, we had a right laugh. But it didn't come out for like a month. And when I got home, I was laying there every night going, I hope I haven't been stitched. Mm. I hope not. Because I went along with it, but the, mm. the drug thing. Yeah, that'd be right. How much are you going to wear if you sold them for that? How much are you going to get for that? And then I thought, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I like, yeah. like it was in sort of trouble. On on yeah. A seven yeah. Store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that was, that, was, um, that was an amazing opportunity that came about because of the podcast. And they're real nice lads. What's the production like on that? Massive, yeah. Their production, mm. yeah, yeah. Lots of cameras, lots of TV crews. Lots. Of... They got bodyguards, mate. Mm. Mm. As they turn up, they had bodyguards with them. Like these young lads, I think your age.
2: Yeah, a bit older,
0: bit older, yeah. mid twenties or late twenties. They, had body... I was like, lads, who are these boys? They're all, I, I said, why? And they went, we get mobbed everywhere we go. Mm. I went, are you joking mate? I went, no, 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 we get mobbed. So anyway, they a couple of them started following me on Instagram, and I followed them back. There is like. They've got like copious amounts of millions individually. Mm. Oh yeah. so, I can't remember like seven million, eight million, nine. I was like, then I started doing a bit of homework when I come home on them. I was like, right, they're the real deal. Yeah, I almost missed this. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I almost missed <laughs> did it. Yeah, did, yeah. So that was a good experience. And then when it came out, it was funny because all all my mates WhatsApping me because I kept it quiet What's WhatsApping me because their kids have seen me on mm. the show. Their kids have seen me on the show. Like, so that was a good experience. Um, I guess another big experience that came about, lads, was after episode eight of my of our first eventful entrepreneur podcast. I got a phone call on a Sunday night from the uh, producer of "I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here." Right, and I was—he goes Is that dodge. I was like, "Yeah, who's this?" He went, duh, 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 duh. "I'm the the, the uh, executive producer for i 'I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here.'" I know, right? And I thought it was my best mate, Chris. I was like. Chris, you, is that you, mate? You're taking the piss. Like, it, it, like <laughs> what? <laughs> and it wasn't. Anyway, he said, can we come and see you tomorrow? So I was like, yeah, down here in Bournemouth, more than welcome to the pub come down, explain a bit more. Anyway, came down here and said, we love your style. And he going in eight weeks. Um, would you like to co-host a new show? I was like, yeah, what show are we talking? And he went, it's the Harry Redknapp show. Christ. With Harry. I was like, yes, mate, where do I sign? Think so I like, or not?
1: huh? Big West Ham yeah, fan massive
0: right? West Ham fan, obviously. And Harry's a legend. He's a legend across football in the whole of the UK. Whatever team you support, mm-hmm. you know, he's an he's a absolute gem of a bloke. Anyway, so signed the, signed the contract. Series one. First person up me, Harry, Rod Stewart. So, all right. <laughs> Second one, I think it was me, Harry, um, Piers Morgan. Next one was Jamie Redknapp, Frank Lampard. Rommish, Ranger, Nathan—the list just went on and on and on, you know. And and Harry didn't have a clue what he's doing. I was only eight episodes in, but we made it work, you know. Winged, um, we were massively winged it. But that's my point of going back to this perfectionism thing. If someone gives you an opportunity, just say yes. Work it all out when you're there. Mm. So yeah, that was another big opportunity that was uh, landed on on the on the plate. Um, but there was, there's been loads. Because at the same time, we launched the Eventful Entrepreneur podcast in 2020. That was the same time everyone was saying, get yourself and become public on Instagram and get yourself public on Facebook and get yourself public. I was like, no way. Hmm. What? No. No, not for me. Anyway, we did it. (laughs) 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 And I was told, oh, you've got to create a... Back then, it's very different now. But back then, my team in the office were like, yeah, but you've got to tell your story. And we want like quotes and you stand there thinking and saying this is what I was like this feels really really uncomfortable <laughs> I'm not enjoying this but they were right mm. they were right and you have to you know the, the personal brand thing three years ago everyone was raving about it everyone's talking about it and you you know you've got to do a personal brand and whoever's talking about it is right because as soon as you do a personal brand and you become the person in front of your company and spear spearhead the figurehead of your company, things change overnight. They literally do. And I, I would have argued so the days, I would have argued for hours about, no, 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 I don't want to. no, you shouldn't. Actually, anyone listening out there,
2: put your name to the front of the company. And I guarantee you, your business will go like that. Has Born Southerns grown and your other business has grown since you've been more public? Yeah. Does it become easier to promote those sort of events? Yeah. It gives you two channels, doesn't it? So Bournemouth Sevens
0: Festival, Instagram, like fifty-five, sixty thousand, TikTok, Facebook, da da da. They they people want to know who's the person behind the festival? Who's the person we're giving our money to? Who's the person who we can get in contact with if there if we wanna if there's a problem? Who's the person we can thank for comes to the festival? People want faces behind brands. You know, you've only got to look at the massive brands out there and the actual the entrepreneur behind it is a lot bigger than the actual brand numbers, mm. whether it's Richard or whether it's Stephen or whether it's like Musk, Elon. You know, it's all those, mm. all the, everyone who's done that has as they've they've got bigger
2: and stronger personal brands than they have for
0: their company because people want a
2: face behind it because okay. it's real. Yeah, now anything Elon touches becomes a billion dollar company. Yeah, just because
1: he's involved. Yeah, and it's massive with podcasting too. So many people come to us with the idea of oh, I want to do this podcast by. My company, it's going to be the same name as the company name. Not no people buy people. Agree. You've got to get your personality across. It's way more authentic. No one wants to hear from the company; they want to hear from you. By all means, upsell what your company offers. But if our podcast was called the Progressive Media
0: Podcast, I don't think many people would listen. No one would click. I'm not saying for you guys, but I'm saying if if you had it as that, people aren't interested in clicking on it. No, you know, gone are the days when the .dot com boom where people would do a podcast and there would be a picture of a. Mercedes on the front of it and there'd be a fake office in the background and people having cups of tea and i like smiling. That was 10, 15 years ago. It's the same with the whole personal branding thing and the same with the other podcasting. You know, you've got to relate to your target audience and I was really fortunate that I guess I've got a lot of contacts. So it's opened me up to be uh, interview SAS people or criminal underworld, or entrepreneurs, or sporting celebrities, or comedians, or whatever. So it, it it's been a godsend that has, because it's just a phone, one phone call away of saying, "Guys, it's coming on?" You know, and that's been a been a blessing. Is that what kind of helped your podcast take off in the first place? Do you
1: think it's your contacts, your guests? Because a lot of people will be like. Oh. Need to scrape to find guests, get rejected a million
0: times. But if you already know those people when you're starting, mm, did you feel like that gave you a good advantage? Yeah, looking back now, hundred percent. I think um, there was someone <laughs> we went in at a meeting with someone. They said they were in podcasting in 2020. They've been in podcasting for maybe three, four years before. And they went, ah, oh, the biggest bull lake of podcasting is getting guests. Well, the easiest thing for me personally is getting guests. <laughs> like I haven't sent one email. I don't do email. It's all on WhatsApp. It's all, open the door, here's a WhatsApp, here's the studio, bam, let's go. You know, and that's been an absolute godsend. And to do 180 episodes with amazing guests on, like truly amazing stories, and I haven't gone down, listen, I've I've interviewed many celebrities and stuff, but I haven't gone down that celebrity route. I don't want to be, you know, a celebrity story has been told many times. A celebrity story is people just go, oh, this is another celebrity story. Great. And good luck. And that may come round again, and we may end up doing that. But we've gone in for real people with real stories who've lived eventful lives. You know. You've only, got to go through our, you've only got to go through our list on Apple and Spotify and read all the titles. If you're listening out there, just go and have a li- have a read those titles and there'll be there'll be so many you'd want to click on. And it's a lot harder to grow that way as well, which is where credit
1: goes to you as a host, because when you've got a big name, you can leverage that name. They might share it. There's thousands of followers you're getting in front of. Yeah. When it's not someone anyone's heard of, you're relying on good SEO with your titles, your show notes, and then also just really good content. Yeah. So it's a, it's a credit to be able to yeah. have grown
0: how you have without going celebrities. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. And it's, 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 it's important that we went down this route because I've quite easily could have got a, a lot higher number of celebs on our podcast, but we made a point of saying no because there's a number of people out there doing that, and there's a number of people out there losing lots of money by doing that, because they're having to pay. And there's also a massive player doing it out there who's taking that market. You know, and that's Stephen, and he's got a wonderful podcast, he's growing massively, but he's got huge budgets that he's spending 60 grand a month advertising on Facebook, on Instagram. We haven't spent a penny. We have not spent a penny. We have not spent a penny on paid promo it's all word of mouth you know so that's and i also know in business you know i've been in business 25 30 years i also know businesses take a thousand days and i was prepared to invest into this company for a thousand days um but the big turning point really was when we went on to youtube that was a huge turning point because people are visually watching People are visually watching stories and clips and shorts, which we've now all found out that they're massive in the past sort of twelve months. You know, with reels fighting against Facebook sorry, reels fighting against TikTok and shorts, wanting a piece of the action on YouTube, and but the long form content for us has been really powerful to have someone sit down and watch you or one episode for an hour and a half or watch. Um, once a week or twice a week. Watching for long-form content is really powerful. Short-form content, when people flick in, when they go for a dog walk or they're having a, having a bite to eat or having a coffee, people don't take that on board. Long-form content, they can take you as a host on board and they can take the guest on the board and they can see the mannerisms as well. Get to know you. but they get to, they get to know the host. Yeah, I don't speak too much in, in the podcast. But when I've got something to say, I, it's important that I say that when I speak, people seem to listen, but I, it's not about me, it's about the host. Sorry, it's not about me, it's about the guest. And anyone listening out there, if you can make it about the guest, I think people will really warm to you. There's a time and a place, as a host, you can talk, whether you do your own behind-the-scenes thing where you're talking and people are asking you questions, or you go on other people's podcasts. But, and I haven't even gone on people's podcasts. I've done a... F- A few in lockdown. I haven't really, haven't really put myself out there, but there will be a time when I will put myself out there. But the longer, I believe, the longer myself and Josh, uh, producer, and a message shout out to Josh by the way because he's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. He's lived and breathed this for twelve months, coming up to twelve months now, and to have someone so dedicated like myself and him as a combo and keeping our team tight. You know, people think we've probably got 10, 15 people. The amount of content that we put out there, 10, 15 people working on this. is not, it's just two of us, you know. Um, and we've got a new lad, Dylan, who's just come on board to cut up more videos and stuff.
2: But yeah, there's a time and a place as a host to speak. Well, there's a perfect example of that. And I think the reason people quite like you as a host is you will challenge people. Mm. There's the viral clip that I have to ask you about with Rob. About paying guests, actually. So it's kind of on topic. That was a bit tense. That wasn't tense at all. Great yeah. Edison, then.
0: <laughs> no, no, that wasn't it. Oh, I see. Well, t- it might be tense for you. It wasn't tense for me. It was tense for Rob. Yeah. <laughs> that's the whole point, right? Yeah. But again, because I freestyle everything, I don't have any notes. Mm. You know, maybe that's a real good point as well, because there's no, I'm not sitting there with pre-empty questions in my head when Rob come down I knew he was a podcast host I know he'd done a bit of property and that's all I need to know mm. you know the rest was going in and we're having a conversation and as soon as I pressed him on the whole uh, him paying guests and stuff he didn't like it no. but then I pressed him a bit harder It was a bit funnier <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's
1: the importance of active listening you said it earlier it's, yeah. it's easy to and I done this when I first started podcasting is to be thinking about your next question mm. But if you can get there
0: and just forget about the questions and that should be a part of the conversation. Just have a combo. Like I said, people who come on my podcast, two fellas in the pub, haven't caught up for 20, 30 years. I'm just going to take you on your journey. I don't know where it's going. I don't know much about you apart from I know that you have done something as your main thing, but I don't know anything else about you. I'm not sitting there all night writing scribbling notes and coming in thinking, oh, I've got to ask this question to number seven and number eight, and I've got, a, I've got a laptop in front of me and I've got any paper. I've got none of that. It's quite a ballsy way of doing it because you don't know where it's going to go. Um, but it seems to work because we're having a, just a, two fellas or myself and a, a, a girl just having a brilliant conversation. And if it goes down a route, where well, they might get a bit off
2: like Rob did. Press harder, Yeah, press harder, Yeah. Push him older. I appreciate that because it teed it up when we had him on our show. He then actually spoke about it quite openly. <laughs> Didn't he? Yeah. Did he? Yeah. Did he put it how You put it out? Uh, yeah, it's out. Is it? Yeah, yeah. So um f- he mentioned Bartlett as well. That's one of my most viewed. So clips. That clips gone pretty viral. Well. Yeah. That's... What do you say?
0: What do you say about Stephen Bartlett?
2: Um it put him on blast about paying for guests but lying about it. Right. Um and then Rob said, Yeah, with certain people he's paid for it. Yeah. But he made the point of it's a business decision. So for like
1: him interviewing Tate, he made a lot of money for him, so it was worth him flying to Dubai. Whether it's worth it, going business class or not, you don't know. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, but then he talks about it, the commercial element of it, and he said, that's fine. It's fine to pay guests. And it's fine that Stephen will pay way more than he will, but it's then the idea of lying about it, which yeah. is what annoys him.
0: Well, is is have Stephen lied about it? Surely he,
2: surely he would have said, oh, I've paid for guests. Right. Not that he was, he was say. saying he wasn't. Right. Um, but we, we only found out when Rob had agreed to people to come on the show. And they go, yeah, yeah, no worries. And then a few weeks later they go, oh, Bartlett's paying me X. Now you pay me, otherwise I'm not coming on. Right. Okay. And when that happens, you know, half a dozen times. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. okay. Um, but that's the problem. I think that's the bit of
0: podcasting that is a dangerous game to play. Mm-hmm. A really dangerous game to play. And that's why we stayed away from it. You know, Rob was like, oh, you. what did he say to mean? Conor McGregor, isn't he it? He said, Conor McGregor, if he turned up tomorrow, you'd, you'd pay him 20, 20 Gs. I was like, no, I wouldn't. Why would I pay him twenty grand for me to have a conversation? One, I'd feel fake that I've just given you twenty G's—that's mm. my hard-earned money—give you twenty grand to have a conversation with you for an hour. May I've got better things. Than, no, no, no. Mm. Listen, I'd love to have a conversation,
2: but paying twenty grand—I just couldn't. I couldn't sleep at night. It's strange, isn't it? That, how? I mean, clearly you've made your money through other businesses, so the podcast isn't a direct money maker for you. Although, and we'll talk about it, it's clearly done well. Mm. Because with most businesses, business decisions, it's money in versus money out. You know, pay a certain amount of ads for Bournemouth 7s, get a certain amount of people attend your events, make X profit. and It makes sense. But for you, it seems different with the podcast. Yeah, it's massively different. That comes back to what you said earlier. You said for
1: the first two years, you didn't look at the numbers, which to me is, is crazy. But what it shows is that you, you fell in love with the process, not the result. hundred percent. And that's why you wouldn't pay a guest because you're not doing it for the result. You're doing it for the process. You're doing it for the conversation. If You're paying someone. The conversation's different. Hundred percent. Well said.
0: Hundred percent. The thought of you boys coming here now again—I've just paid you five grand each to have this conversation. So I it wouldn't be the same conversation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, it'd be—it would be a. It wouldn't be as it wouldn't be as straight as this.
2: This now, you know, I would be out here trying to catch you out.
1: I mean, I'm <laughs> to every single yes. year. <laughs> yeah. We'd have brought our producer along yeah. as well to start editing the clip straight away.
0: Yeah, so um I have done it for I've done it for the reasons that I love people. All I've done all my life is bring people together and put smiles on faces by friend. See, we've sold over a million tickets to our own parties, festivals, nightclubs. I just love people. I love I love every type of person. Whether old, you're young, middle age, whether you've been really naughty, whether you've been banged up, whether you've done something really amazing for charity. Everyone's got a great story. Um, And this has just given me the opportunity to bring people back together again in a time that was really hard in a pandemic, where people were losing their minds. People were worried about the fear of not being here or losing a mum and dad. I know that at that time, I was put in good conversations into people's ears at the time to make them feel good about themselves. Mm. Came at the perfect time. Came at the perfect time. And business is all about timing, you know, and, and coming back to paying. I think it's dangerous because the only way you can claw that money back is by YouTube. Really. Mm. Okay, everyone talks about, oh, you get sponsored by, oh, you get paid by, there's, there's 10, there's 300 different ways to get, by. no, let's get to the, the, for the main, the main one here is YouTube. Now, I know that certain people will be bought out for five Gs or seven grand to come on to, to the podcast. You also know when you look at their YouTube numbers that they've lost money by that. Mm-hmm. you know. But you've got to be in the game to understand that. And I think from the outside, people just will look at it and go, oh, my God, they've got hundreds of millions of views on shorts. They're going to be earning a fortune. Shorts don't pay. No. Shorts are village. Shorts are like point to the, You can't run a business running a podcast via Shorts. You need long form
2: content. TikTok, are you guys monetizing TikTok? That's a pound per thousand at the moment. Um, if I'm being brutally honest, I don't actually know. Josh, are we monetizing TikTok? Kind
1: of.
0: Kindly, we don't. We don't tend to do a lot of one minute
2: clips. Yeah. We- are you suggesting we should monetize TikTok? Well, I mean, it depends how desperate you are. I don't. Desperate. How desperate you are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, well, no, there's a fine balance to it. So, first of all, we found that really should be a minute five yeah. because TikTok are cheeky fuckers yeah. and, oh, the end of your clip gets cut off. Yeah. It's a shame if you've got 4 million views on this 59-second video. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it would be a real shame. Yeah. Um, but it's a fine balance. I think if the clip can be over a minute, I wouldn't force it because at the end of yeah. the day you want it to be good content first. You don't want it to hinder growth. But, you know, people are posting one to three times a day on TikTok. If, you know, you do five, six clips a week, they're over a minute. You know, it can- get funny everyone's fighting with each other. TikTok versus Instagram. Yeah, it's, it's, great it's great for the creator. Great for the creator. I think we we met on Clubhouse way back when and that went from zero to hero and died because it didn't look after its creators. Yeah. yeah. I wish I wish another clubhouse came around now. Clubhouse Irish was great for business. Clubhouse was good. Yeah. I missed it. At the time where you're
0: like, nothing else to do. Yeah. You in of- lockdown. That was really good. But it's funny you're going back to like how business models work. I look at some people who are investing really highly in their uh, in their content with guests, with studio, with uh, trailer videos, with making the uh, podcast really good on YouTube, then you look at their numbers. And because I know the numbers and figures, I'm thinking, oh, man, I feel really sorry for them. Because if they're hoping that they're going to make this into a business, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You can only turn this into a business if you get YouTube right you start building your subscribers to a really good number. You start getting long the long-form um, content right. And then you're getting paid each month by via that. And then the only other way, I believe, and the route we want to go down, is just having brand partners. You know, I don't want to sell my soul
2: to, like... Squarespace. Man- <laughs>
0: Manscaped, Manscaped. Yeah, but just, but, just, but just stuff like that where if it, on, on audio, there's nothing worse when you listen to a podcast and the first two minutes is... Advertising, Uh, everyone is fast forward, fast forward, fast forward, then rewind, rewind, fast, trying to get to the start. I think that's really detrimental to Mm. your brand. And that's why we've stayed away from all advertising on our audio. Mm. And that's why we just want to work with brand partners. And that's why we've turned down three or four brand partners leading up to us doing a deal with a wonderful um, British clothing brand called Through Dark. See that stuff behind you there? um, Yeah, it's an amazing brand. Anyone listening out there, go and check out Through Dark. T-H-R-U dark.com it's literally an amazing
2: brand we'll take 10% of that
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah like but, but it's a brand that I can talk about it's a brand that I can identify with you know it's two special forces SBS guys who set up the brand Cool. they've turned it into an absolute beast of a brand right now um, shipping everywhere around the world it, it's, the clothing is second to none and it's British
2: you know, so that, that I can speak about and, and feel, get excited about it as a brand. And that resonates with your audience because of the type of content you normally put out yeah. there. It's a perfect win-win situation
0: for both of us. And we've had I've had certain brands contact us and offer some really big money. And I've just oh, said, much. north of, north of... For yearly contracts, like a grand a week. It's a lot of money. Mm. And we said no. And that's not saying no because it's great and weird. No, I can't talk about that. Mm. I personally can't talk about that because I know my listeners have trust and faith in me. If I'm talking about certain things that I don't really resonate with, they'll know I'm, just, I'm doing it for the money. Mm. And I'm not selling myself for, selling my soul for that. You know, I've built my reputation over the last 30 years to have a good reputation in business and whatever. I'm not selling it now for a, a paycheck. But if a brand comes in and they're paying and it's a brand i really really
2: believing, then we have got a win-win situation. Then we we're we'll, we'll away to the races, and I can really get behind it. Talk to us about the grenade pitch. I was very impressed with this, by the way. I was listening to an episode on the way up. Yeah, the Talk grenade. To- Al Barrett came down. It's a funny story. <laughs> Al
0: Barrett came down. Al Barrett's an invest. Al Barrett is the owner of Grenade. You know the mm-hmm. the uh, protein, bars. protein bars. He flew down in his private jet because he flies. Fair play to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He just sold out for 200 mil, so he probably ain't got a problem spending one and a half mil on a jet. And and his jet has actually got a parachute on it. So oh, yeah. if yeah. anything happens so- when he's flying, he can press a button and the parachute will bring the jet down. And then as he gets to the floor, a big inflatable goes on the floor and just... Just lands nice and gently for him.
2: Why isn't this standard? Why is this the best <laughs> <Yeah. latest> I've <laughs> ever heard of? <laughs> Closing. Ryanair
0: could never. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 300 passengers on there. But uh, he, uh, the first time we invited him down, he came down, flew down. Did it, he was really excited. We were excited to have him on. He then went in. Uh, he invested in Throughdark as well, mm. the clothing brand. So we went to see them. Those boys weren't there. They were meant to be there. They weren't there. So then after that, he came to us. And the first, this was in August this year. 40 minutes in, the camera's overheated hmm. and we had to stop. We're like, whoa, hold well on a minute. And our producer, uh, Josh was like, mate, let me just check. Camera's overheated. <sighs> Hasn't worked. We've got to redo the first 40 minutes. So me and Al looked at other and we're like, there's no way we could go and do it emotionally because we were emotionally went into his it. everything. Really? Yeah, we'll do. I said, mate, we can't do that. Anyway, we, we had a proper laugh about it. Chatted for a couple of hours afterwards. I'm laugh and he then flew back up to the Midlands. And we rearranged. He came down last week and um, had a brilliant episode with him. But what we did, what Josh did, great idea, was he created this briefcase, plastic briefcase. And in that briefcase, he then ordered online a massive um, tank and the tank that a mm. grenade have got they take everywhere for promo marketing it's like a huge city uh, building competition so it wasn't like yes, right. yes that's right and he drives it he drove it drove it through london to get gyms back alive when when gyms weren't work weren't weren't allowed to open, etc so this massive tank orange one so josh very cleverly got this a tank painted it orange put all grenade branding on it then got a grenade um an actual grenade with a lid on it put all our all our podcast stats in there, cut them all up, put them in the top of the grenade lid so he opened it and saw all the stats of 80 million views over the past six mums and the subscribers we got and da 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 and all this stuff, the guests we've had on. And then you lifted up the next bit and there was a see-through box on there of our, of our partnership deal we want to do with him. But there was a key hidden in the actual tank that opened the next box underneath. Wow. So he, a see-through box, he opened the key and read the partnership deal. And it was like, he was like, mate, this is genius. Did he sign it? Hopefully he's going to sign it. Wow. Yeah. So. How much commission are you taking, Josh? <laughs> <laughs> but again, like, you know, we, we are, we are, we invested, you know, two, 300 quid into that. But Josh, mm. it took Josh a good 10 days to paint the whole thing, put the branding on, but Grenade G. Oh, uh, like everything he did was at such a high level and the box on the front had grenade on it and and, and myself and Al got a photo of him holding up like the Chancellor. Nice. So th- these are the touches that people and brands will remember. Mm. And if you want to work with a brand, and I've worked with many, many brands over the years for the festival, whether it's Nintendo, Adidas, Gatorade, Carlsberg, the list goes on and on, you know, probably maybe a 70 or 80 brands. You've, you've got to make a difference. You've got to wow them to go. God, they've put in a shitload of effort into that number one. Two, they've really thought about it, and then three, they've the person receiving it go can't go. No, not interested. They've got to go. You know what? We could work with these guys. Mm, I like their creativity. Mm. You know. So, any listeners out there, if you want to chat to someone, hundred percent make an effort. Don't expect a a LinkedIn direct message will do the trick to open the door, Mm. saying, "Can I take you for a coffee?" Doesn't work. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got to write a letter, you've got to put it in the post, or you've got to do something where you're looking them in the eye, where you've got
1: in front of them. Mm. Something different, right? So so many people approach sponsorship in the podcast, but it's wrong. And that's both from a point of view of the hosts and the brands. It's their idea of just, oh, numbers is all that matters. So there was a time, especially like Instagram influencers, where you'd pay so much, you'd get in front of this many thousands of people. But then... Brands are expecting ridiculously small amounts of money to get in front of really valuable smaller audiences. Yeah. And then those audiences have so much value to offer, but they're looking for obviously much better partners and then the brands have got the wrong kind of concept of what they're looking for. And it's just people treating podcasting like social media when yeah. it comes to partnerships where, like you said, you need to find a brand that you actually relate to, yeah. a brand that makes sense for your audience. Yeah. And that brand's got to genuinely value your audience as well, right? You can have small audiences making ridiculous
0: money if the connection between the brand and the audience is right. Yeah. There's this whole thing like influencers, influencers, influencers. I think it's brand partners. It's about brand partners. It's about those micro people who have reach. It's not that mm. you've got a million people following you or 500 million. I prefer the ones who got 20,000, 40,000, 70,000, 60,000, because people will listen. People enjoying you and people enjoying you watching your journey and you'll have more weight with those people than you will do someone pressing a button with a million followers, expect people to go and buy
2: whatever they, well, whatever one they my, want. Yeah. Yeah. One of my friends did a international campaign for a clothing company with Messi. Mm. They paid him a lot of money. Yeah. And they lost money on the campaign. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm not so surprised. nobody expects Messi to be wearing, I won't name the brand because yeah. he'll proper throw him under the yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, But nobody expects him to wear this brand. Yeah. Let's put it that way. But then they can spend a tenth of the money across 30 micro-influencers that have got 20, 30,000 of their ideal buyers. Agree. And they'll 5X yeah. every penny they put in it. Yeah, agree.
1: Hopefully over the next months over the next years, brands will start to appreciate those small audiences more I and mean, there'll be way more money invested in sponsorship for podcasters that have those small niche but really valuable audiences because that will help so many of these broadcasters keep going and help them monetize to pay for production and take it to the next level mm. when brands start appreciating how good their audience is because all they've got to do is kind of try it and go all in on like oh, instead of let's get in front of millions of random people let's yeah. get in front of twenty thousand of the right people yeah agree and then they start seeing the results and then it's going kind to of compound compound yeah. so hopefully
0: I don't like the word sponsorship. Partnerships, a bad word. partnerships, yeah, partnership. You're partnering with them. Sponsorship means I'm giving you money. Mm. Hopefully, you're going to sell me loads of stuff. Actually, partner is a long term here. You know, I don't sign deals for less less than a year. You know, people are now coming to us going, oh, can you do a a, a four-week one? We're going to pay you this. Or can you do it three months? No. We're sticking by our guns. It's a year. Mm. I want year partners, you know. And it's very difficult when you're starting off because people are investing a lot of time and energy is creating their own podcast. But it takes a lot of time and a lot of energy podcasting. Now, this has started as a hobby. Is This is now a business. You know, and if you can afford to get past that a 1,000 days,
2: you're away. So I've got a two-part question. So mm. what have you learned in your first 1,000 days? What's the difference or the biggest thing you've learned about growing your show? But also, what thing do you still do wrong? So... Do give me one question. Let's go. <laughs> <What a job. laughs> should have stopped it. You only wanted one question. You should have stopped it. <laughs> Ask me the one afterwards. Oh, yeah. oh God. yeah. So, what's the biggest thing you've learned in your first thousand days? Uh, patience. How so? Patience, because
0: I know what it takes to build brands, and I knew that this was gonna we were gonna be onto something. I didn't realize it was gonna grow into what it's grown today. But patience, people want things really quickly these days. You can't get it. You can get instant gratification on something going viral. Well, happy days, absolutely. a million people might see that, but they don't care about your brand. Mm. You've got to be going viral all the time for them to care about your brand, you know? But patience has been the, is, is, is the I call it aggress- being aggressively patient. And if you can be aggressively patient in any business, you will definitely succeed as long as you've got a good idea.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How
0: do you know if you got a good idea? Because you get feedback. You get feedback from people. You don't want to get feedback from your mum and dad and you, you, your best mate because they're you you want, want to hear. Um, and, there was, and people around you might want to tell you stuff that you, um, that you may not like. You can only go on people who actually are away from you but are writing comments and reading the comments. That's, that's where you get your feedback from. And that's where you can ask people, and that's where people will leave reviews. And for someone to leave a review is like a hundred times more powerful than a comment. Yeah, you're telling me. Mm-hmm. Because, like, we've got on our Apple one, like 650 plus written reviews. These aren't people, cool. these aren't people just pressing a five star like button. Mm-hmm. If you go and flick through, you'll be flicking through for ages. These are people who got out of their way and wrote written reviews. That was the biggest turning point for us. Like, wow listen if I can go and get your mates and your mum and dad your uncle and your brother to do the first 10 mm. once you get past 10 if I'm seeing like past 10 you're, you're, you're seeing real reviews you're knowing that people are really enjoying the podcast whether it's your podcast Steven's podcast anyone's podcast out there um, that's a real powerful way that's the way I know whether a podcast is doing is, is on the right lines or not you know the sort of podcast I don't have that sort of
1: number of reviews is the ones that interview celebrities with yeah. more shallow content it's yeah. just I mean, it's credit to the content when you are get those sort of numbers. And the other thing is, on Apple Podcast, Spotify, there is no downloads number, there's no subscribers number. No. The only indication of how successful a show is is reviews, yeah. and obviously the, the production quality, the artwork quality. Yeah. So, for a new listener to discover your show, and so you have that many reviews, yeah. like, oh, this guy's obviously a big deal. This is obviously a really good show. Yeah, one hundred percent.
0: And there's people I've seen people buy them as well. Oh, really? really? Yeah, I've seen someone buy a thousand reviews, and there's only like ten written ones, but there's a thousand where they've just got the people can read, read past this. Mm-hmm. You know, people can read past the, you know, the only way I can tell if a podcast is doing well or not, for me personally, if I'm looking, which I very rarely do, but we we chat about it in the HQ here, is to go and look at written reviews on Apple mm-hmm. and go and look at the YouTube channel, look at the subscribers and look how many views they're getting on
2: their individual mm-hmm. uh, videos. Videos. You know. That's, that's tough, right? So we work with quite a few shows and with yours, right, you... Go audio only for two years and yeah. go, all right, I'll bring in video, which most people do it in that way. And then somebody can have really good audio numbers and then they get embarrassed when they first launch the YouTube channel because it's not growing as quickly as you want. And then they go buy subscribers and they yeah. go buy I can these, kill you. And it kills the yeah. account. Yeah. And it's so hard to see that, well, I guess a lot of people that are creator have an ego and that's why they do it or it is a contributing factor. Yeah. But yeah, I need to put that out there. People need to stop doing that. Yeah, and sort of just sit in. If, listen, if you're not getting amazing views, then make some tweaks. But also be aggressively patient. Aggressively okay. patient. Anyone listening out there who's doing a podcast, and you are serious. Make sure you are serious.
0: Don't do ten episodes and then flake away because you lost a couple of grand by mm. by doing that. You know, the, 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 the podcasting costs money. Mm. It costs money to do a podcast. Don't be fooled that it's it's you know it's only your time. It's a lot of your time. And if you're editing it as well, that's even more of your time. Mm. And then you'll take your focus off your day job or your entre- whatever business you're running to do this podcast thing, because everyone sees this as the sexy thing, mm. being a podcast host. And when you break the back of it, it does become a, a really nice thing to do. But, you know, this isn't a full-time business for people. Don't expect to go and do a podcast and expect to, be, to do this full-time. Full-time if you want to work, maybe earn 10 grand. 15 grand, 20... You know, it takes time. But if you want to go full-time in this, you can go to your 100 grand, you can go to your quarter of millions, you can go to your, push it up to your four, five 500,000. But that's going to take time. Mm. Because it's only when you're building all this wonderful content that bigger brands want to come on board
2: and want to sign up with you. How much do you reckon you've spent on the show? In total? Um, Have you ever
0: dared to look? I haven't even bothered looking. Like, if, if I was to guess, one member of staff... For three, maybe 75 grand. Mm.
2: This is a lovely studio. So. Oh, this is a lovely studio. Yeah.
0: Yeah, 75 bags, maybe 80 grand. Something like that. That's but I haven't, I haven't, it hasn't cost it. Mm. Yeah. But I'm in a fortunate position, a fortunate position to, to be able to do that. Um, but I also know I've been holding off sponsors and holding off sponsors, hold off sponsors that, as you call it, I'm waiting for those brand partners. Waiting for the brand partners for For long long term term, stuff. For long term stuff. Hmm. Because this is, I'm I'm in this for the long term. The only business I do, I'm in for 10 years. You know, if you can focus on 10 years, only I think 5% of businesses get past 10 years. People don't know that. 70% of businesses fail, probably higher than that right now, the world we're in. You know? Um, But I'm in this for the long term because I've just found this wonderful passion of having to have wicked conversations with people. Over an hour and a half, and then you build this unbelievable relationship post because someone's just giving you their life story. They got full trust in you, you know, and you end up having this really nice relationship moving forwards. Every,
2: every person I've had on stay in contact. How are you doing? What's happening? It's great. That's what opens a lot of the doors on an ongoing basis. Yeah, I follow up, becoming mm-hmm. friends with, yeah. come on again if it did well. Yeah, definitely. And people need to do more of that. Yeah. When you
1: recorded your first episode, did you have in your head then that I'm going to be doing this for 10 years? No.
0: What did you see this as at that point? I saw it as I launched with four. My f- I told my story on episode one. In episode two, I've got a good friend of mine, Barry Hearn, who's the top man of matchroom sport, his son, Eddie he Hearn, and biggest independent sports promoter in the world lovely fella and him and I really got a good relationship I think the third one was James Haskell at that time he was just retiring from England rugby and becoming an MA fighter and da 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 so we launched with like three or four I remember the other one was um, we launched with them just to see what happened but again you don't know because people can't leave comments mm-hmm. there was no comments people leave people do only leave review but you need to take time for people to, to to build up your listenership for people to come back and leave reviews but actually we're getting reviews really early on Really, yeah, really early on We're like Well, oh, this is nice. We wake up in the morning, is another review, another review. It's one of those things that keeps you
1: going. If it's a day you can't be bothered, but seeing someone said, "I actually really like this." If a, someone's gone out of their way to write a review,
0: I think that's a huge respect.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I've left a review on your one. Seen it. when you you've seen that, you said yeah, it yeah. yeah, my Very pleasure. Fun. But I I've gone out of my way there because I've got respect, respect for the podcasters' podcast, respect for what you two are doing, respect for how you're bringing more people into the podcast world. I mean it's fabulous what you're doing and you have good fun conversations
2: for twenty minutes each week. Mm. Yeah. It's not very serious, is it?
0: No, it's not. It's because
1: uh, <laughs> you look at it and it's like, oh, it's produced by progressive media. It looks like it might be a bit corporate and then it
0: starts. No, but it's good it's good that you're it's good that you're being you in there. Because if you were this podcaster pocket, people are bore off, delete, get a fast forward, get off this bit. you bring your personality into it.
1: Do you know what as well? When we first started it wasn't so much like that. I, th- I think maybe because obviously it's two guys in like early 20s, you're thinking, oh, we need to be seen as experts. We need to be very professional. And then we made that switch. I don't know if it was subconscious or what, but- We, start we just started tracking like, before. That that was probably, it's was <laughs> probably the pints at lunchtime. That might mm-hmm. have something to do with it. But that switch of being more authentic in ourselves and joking around, instantly we start getting more reviews. We start getting more downloads. We start getting more leads as well into our business, which is essentially what the the, the podcast is a driver for. Yep. That's how we monetize. And we thought, oh well, actually, you'd, you'd think it'd have the opposite effect. Being more lighthearted might mean people take you less seriously, but not for us. People wanted to,
0: to work with us more. Just um, be you. Exactly. Why is no one, why are people trying to be something else? And I see them on LinkedIn. People are writing like stuff. That they, just be you. You're the same person writing something really corporate on there, which I get. Well, no, I don't get it. But, like, <laughs> but on the weekend, I'm seeing you in a festival field getting twisted. Yeah. You yeah. Know, wearing multicoloured and off your nuts. So, uh, draws on a different person. Yeah, George is over that <laughs> way, exactly. So it's kind of, um, I've just found it easy over the years. If my card's on the table, I'm just being me. If I'm writing something on LinkedIn, it's just, it's just me.
2: You're, 100%. I think people just relate to it because you're just, you're not trying to pretend to be something you're not. It's hard 100%. to push that. It's like your biggest growth hack, isn't it? It's like, don't put on a facade. Yeah. everyone does it. If you didn't, you would just grow quicker. People who
0: put on a front are normally employed by someone, so they can't say what they want to say. Mm. Mm. That's interesting. That's normally the case. Do you feel like you can tell an entrepreneur that I'm within
1: a couple of minutes of talking to them? So, do you feel like you can tell if someone's an entrepreneur within?
2: I can ver- straight away. Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah. Because yeah. they can fly from the Midlands to Bournemouth.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was your hand with it was, it was funny when he flew home. When Al Barrett flew home when we when the, we overheated that time, he's like, "Oh, what a week! What a, what a day that was! Cost me five grand in petrol <laughs> for his plane." <laughs> he's a good bloke, by the way.
2: Who would Goodbye. you say is the uh, the best episode you've done, or the most eventful oh, line, man? I get asked this all the time. I can't put my finger on it. Not episode four, because you can't remember who it is. Episode, <laughs> <two>. <laughs>
0: episode four is actually my episode for launching Bournemouth Sevens Festival. Oh, went there we went through it. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. But I didn't want to say that earlier. But um, there's so many. There's so many. Like, I cannot put my finger on it. There's people who escaped from Venezuelan prisons. There's people who have well, killed 80 people as a sniper in war. There's people who have built and sold businesses for 200 million quid. There's people who have been West Ham, Spurs manager, ledger. There's people who, there's people who have, oh man, there's honestly there's so, there's so many. There's people who have been in prison for 40 years from the age of 26 to the age of 70 and not come out, who have come on the show and told this story. There are so many different types of people. Real stories, Michael Jackson's bodyguard. To <laughs> to <laughs> the list can go on. The best thing you can do is actually just flick
2: through and just look at the titles because anyone who does will will get hooked. Yeah, they're pretty wild. Yeah, they are wild. I was um. So my missus lives in Brighton, so it's quite a trek for me. And I was listening to the guy who got arrested in Paris, the free runner.
0: Oh yeah, that was a wild story. Yeah, amazing story that one. He was, a, he was a free
2: runner to a drug runner. Yeah. Yeah. It, <laughs> All right. What's your least favorite? That was <laughs> my <laughs> next question. <laughs> we're on it, <laughs> We're on it. Too, we're too positive, on it. Boys,
0: we're on it now. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: no, see, I was actually going to preface it. I was going to
0: say, what's your least favorite? You can't say this one. So <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh, least
2: favorite. Least favorite. I, there isn't one because we want to put it out. Yeah. Mm. Have you not put content out? Have yes. You? How many times? Uh, three times.
0: Mm. What's the most well known name you haven't
2: released? <laughs> <laughs> Five followers, high to
0: me. He was a high profile person who's called Sir Someone. Or was it? Sir <laughs> <can't. laughs> Something or oh, other. Yeah was he was he a sir or an o b e or an m b or something yeah, yeah some was, letters like, after his name yeah, he had a lot of letters before his name three letters before three letters after but oh nice. yeah he yeah we didn't we didn't put him out why was it just bad content? he was piss boring yeah <laughs> sorry yeah I can't, I'm not going to say his name, but it just wasn't it wasn't what we're about you know he was he was quite yeah he just it was quite defensive quite defensive quite it just didn't it didn't it didn't feel comfortable Mm. you know I wouldn't didn't put that out another one we put out uh, we haven't put out Um, it was
2: just too dark oh really yeah yeah Um, and I can't remember that's saying something for your show by the way
0: yeah but dark, dark as in his story as a child yeah and I just felt really uncomfortable. And we could have edited it all out, don't get me wrong, mm. but it was just, I really felt for him. Because only the people we get on, remember, are people who are reformed. So if you've been naughty in your time and you're reformed, you've either found God or you've found love or you found, you've gone full circle and you're helping kids and you're helping people on the street or whatever you're doing, you've reformed yourself as a character. They're the ones who get on. Mm. But they're the ones who have been really naughty in their time but now mm. I've just gone full circle. I felt this one hadn't gone full circle and wasn't reformed and wasn't clean. So it didn't feel right. The energy didn't feel right.
1: What did you say to him?
0: Just
2: stop answering his phone calls.
0: No. Um, hmm. We just haven't put it out. Did you t- did it say anything to him or have you just not messaged him to say? No, it's just, it, it just, there's been no messages. Hmm.
2: Yeah. I, I think that's better. I actually was debating this with another podcaster recently, uh, now they feel bad because they want the relationships with the guests, whereas I want to maintain the relationship with the audience. Audience. They are exactly. to pay the bills. Exactly that. Keep us doing what we want to do. I think if the content's crap, you don't upload yeah. it. Yeah,
0: 100%. And I think uh, Steve Barless mentioned the other day there was four or five he hasn't put out mm. for the same reason. Mm, yeah. You know, and he's banging out one every single week. We're banging it. all. He's doing two now a week. I think we, we're one a week. We might be upping ourselves to two a week. We're oh, trialing no? different things, we're trialing behind the scenes. The behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, which we will oh, really like enjoy, it. but we've we mm. we have got so much going on and just to just your point there, we we got thirty already recorded episodes in the bank. Yeah. That 30. is mad. It's just right. coming out in twenty twenty
2: six there.
0: <laughs> just, just, I mean, this uh, no, but there's thirty, so if someone you know, obviously things get moved up the list, mm. you know, if it's as we all do, you yeah. know, but but that's Thirty in the bank, and there's conversations at the moment of another thirty that we're bouncing back and forward for dates in March, April, May, June next year. That's mental. It's mental, right? But I didn't know any different. It's only when Kane, when I speak to you on the phone, when I phone, I say, "What are your thoughts on this, mate?" Because I'm just doing it while running other businesses, winging it, winging it, and freestyling it. And Kane's like, "Mate, that's unheard of mm. to have that amount of guests pre-recorded and that amount of guests in the pipeline already."
1: Do you worry that the content, when it does go out, won't be as good as it would have been if you released it the week
0: after you no, recorded it? No, no, I won't put it out. We yeah. are so we are so going back to that perfection thing again. We're so strict in our content because I want the guest to go, "Wow, I love this show." It gets to the point. He asks questions that people don't ask. He's not afraid to ask the questions, but I just let them speak, and I pick up on one word, and I'll take them down that that path pick up another word after they'll take on another path or a golden it? about 15 minutes ago you mentioned so can we just go back to that a minute you know because I'm, I'm i'm curious do you avoid talking about timely events then christmas easter uh, election yeah things. i make sure i don't throw that in there mm. i make
2: sure i don't know as a podcaster
0: yeah you don't want to go oh, by the way yeah oh yeah it dead.
2: yeah no
0: i don't the other day <laughs> just to wind you up and it really got to you yeah. Yeah, i'm so happy
1: about it <laughs> yeah you don't
0: you don't you don't mention it no exactly yeah But by enjoy, I've got a new lease of life this past year when you're visually seeing stuff now. Mm. You're visually seeing uploading. We we get super excited on uploading onto YouTube every Wednesday 6pm. Super excited on comments and people loving it and people seeing the numbers roll up. That really, really excites us. Your trailers are shit hot
2: as well. Thank you. I
1: thought we were going to say shit then. Your trailers are <laughs> shit. <laughs> we can cut that. wouldn't we, won't we?
2: They are really good. Yeah. Do you watch everything before it goes out? No. Not much anything. I watch the trailer. That's faith. I've got a really
0: good team around me. Mm. Um, I'm good at what I do, but the rest of the podcast, I haven't got a clue. You I get messages coming from, because I try to apply to everyone all the time, try to get back, but. As you're growing, there's more and more messages coming through. You can't get through the Instagram. You can't get through all the messages coming through everywhere. But you try to do as much as you can. There are people asking, oh, what mics you use? I ain't ain't got a clue. I'd have to... Like, whatever they are. Sure. What do you do? How do you cut out? I don't know. All I do is get the guests in, have wicked conversations, pass it over to to Josh and away you go. The thing is,
2: though, that is every single podcaster. Every really successful show... Fine, they might know what lenses or might they use because they've paid the bill for it. But really, they won't know how to do most of that. They've always got a phenomenal team behind them. Yeah. I don't think you can do it without it. No, you can't. You've not got an F1 driver changing the tyre. No.
0: It just doesn't work. Yeah. I know somebody who does it all himself and he is 24-7. Miserable. 24-7. You can't do it all yourself. You're going to have to bite the bullet and employ someone either full-time or outsource it somewhere. But outsourcing it for me doesn't work because I like to, I like instant hits and instant seeing visually stuff and bouncing ideas on WhatsApp. And I enjoy all that. You know, it, it, it makes you come alive. It's that difference between treating it as a hobby and a business, right? Yeah. You can't
1: treat it as a business unless you're investing money or a lot of time. Yeah. So if you haven't got money and you haven't got time, then there's no point
0: doing podcasting. I would, would, I would warn people away from it because that's why mm. so many people stop after 10, 11, 12 episodes because mm. they realise it's costing them money, it's costing them loads of time and then, they, then they're probably looking at the stats on the figures and numbers. Do yourself a favour, don't look at any stats and figures and numbers. Don't look. I didn't look for two years. Mm. It's only now I'm on YouTube. I quite enjoy the stats and figures and numbers because you're seeing it on YouTube on the telly. Like, oh, Right. You know, and YouTube, out of everything that we've done, YouTube is the hardest one to break the back of. It's the toughest one to break the back of. You can, like, we've got, I don't know what numbers on TikTok and 70 odd thousand on TikTok, but that's, I see that as a little fun thing. actual, if you see 80, 90, 100,000 subscribers on YouTube, you know they're the real deal. Mm. You know they've worked their nuts off to get to where they are today. Mm. You know that's that's kind of like a
2: a measuring board for me. I feel like every week I see you put an Instagram post like another ten thousand subscribers on YouTube. yeah, it's growing really quick, yeah, yeah it is YouTube for sure has a like a compounding nature to it. I see a lot of people it's like first year, one to ten thousand subscribers, second year, fifty thousand next year, two hundred thousand, and it really starts to snowball, yeah, but it is it is tough to crack to start with, really tough to crack. And people can get upset by it. Mm-hmm. You know, people can
0: and people can say, Oh, I got one million views on a reel but then you go and have a look at their YouTube, they might have like a hundred views. Mm-hmm. Having a good reel doesn't mean you're going someone's gonna go, Oh, I'm gonna go and look at their YouTube channel now. It just doesn't operate like that. It helps. It all helps if you've got your brand on it, Eventful Lives Podcast. Mm-hmm. It all helps. Short form and long form content are a whole different media. Um I've I've
1: been talking to social media agency who are looking to work with us to help them do their podcast now that's people will think oh well as social media you must already know but it their words to me was it's a whole different ball game. yeah the approach of podcast listeners is very who over how many
0: yeah
1: and then when it goes to short sure, form content it's all about how many it doesn't matter who. yeah
2: great. and
1: there's that completely different approach which like i said earlier sponsors need to take into consideration or partners need to take yeah. into consideration but also so should you if you have a few hundred listeners on your show if that's a few hundred people that are giving up an hour their week to listen to what you're talking
0: about, imagine speaking to a room full of few hundred people yeah. every week. Oh, that's what we say. Josh and I say we go, Oh, that video got sixty thousand views on YouTube. Well, I'm thinking, well, that's West Ham Stadium. Yeah. That's London Stadium. Oh, that one got meant that one got ninety thousand. I'm thinking, well, that's Wembley. Mm-hmm. Imagine you're on stage now and Wembley are all watching you on a big screen. Shit yourself. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But that's how that's how that's how I portray it in my head. It's the best way to do it. Yeah, because it makes it real. Like, you know, we've got one that had 1.6 million views. How many Wembleys is that? You know, 16, yeah, 17 Wembleys. On, what's Wembleys. your thing? So don't be upset when you see te- uh, 11,000 views on a video. Be proud. Mm. You know, that's Bournemouth Football Club. Yeah. <laughs> do you get me? That was 11,000 people. So we're constantly doing it in football clubs.
2: That's how we make our minds at ease and okay. happy. What do you do wrong, or what's one thing that you're struggling with at the moment? Um, so much content.
0: Like, you would need, I would need another two video editors full time if we want to get through all of the content, cut it all up, repurpose it all, create a trailer video. Our trailer videos, by the way, take two whole days. One trailer video is 60 seconds like a Netflix movie before, before. That takes two whole days. Now, if we didn't have that trailer video at the start, people may just see you as another podcaster on YouTube. Mm. They wouldn't because our content is really good. But at that that makes you, another USP makes you stand out again. Mm-hmm. You know, so we'll never lower our standards. Because once you keep your standards high, you, 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 you're on a, a respect level from your listeners and watchers. And then that makes you stand out.
2: Are you looking to recruit? Do you plan on growing this in terms of your team?
0: Yeah, but
2: I'm aggressively patient. What's the plan for next year then? Twenty four. We won't mention dates. It's hundred percent. coming yeah. 20, out It's yeah. This is, is going to be early twenty twenty four for us
0: anyway. Um, yeah 20, 2024. Is just repeating what we're doing because the main thing is our little team here absolutely love it. Like Josh and Dylan choose to come in and edit, choose to open doors, choose to create. I choose to come in. I choose to speak to guests and get them over the line. Like it's the best thing that I've ever done. And I've, done some cool, and I've still got some cool businesses and brands, but I've just loved this. I, was, I feel like I was born to do it because even as a kid, everyone's like, he's, Dutch, he's always the one asking questions as a kid in the classroom. I was the one putting my hand up asking the questions. Everyone was thinking it, but I'd be scared to ask the question. You know, and even now, my mates I know that I'm really curious and love conversations with people. I'm getting paid to do it. Mm. Happy days, right?
1: Okay. We, we were saying on the way down here about Josh, if you're a creative person, yeah. and you're a video editor, being a full-on part of a project because obviously there's loads of freelance video editors out there, or people working on multiple projects. You're a bit involved with all of them, but being fully in on a project and responsible for the growth and so many elements of it must be such a rewarding job when you're passionate about video editing yeah. because you're full. It's it's your
0: it's your baby yeah. essentially. Like I know you're not creating the content, but it's your baby when yeah, it comes you're to making it work exactly. You know, and you're seeing numbers. You're seeing numbers and comments and you're going like the effort they, the 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 lads put in, see the shorts and the shorts might get something on TikTok a million or, or the shorts on YouTube might hit a, a two hundred thousand or a million on Facebook or seven million on Facebook. Sure. They're like, We did that.
2: Mm.
0: You know, and we're all we're all in together. We just run the business on WhatsApp. No emails, none of us do emails, <laughs> just all on WhatsApp. Bang, 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 great sign off, great work here, let's go. So it's real easy working and you when you're the biggest gift. In business, in my eyes, if, is to be able to be easy to work with. Mm. Unlucky. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but it's true, though. If you're easy to work with, what a wonderful gift. Mm. For sure. I think it helps that you have clearly lived an extraordinary life and you know a lot about a lot of different things. So you can probably hold a conversation with anybody. Mm that goes a long way. I think if you're really, really introverted, then podcasting probably isn't the best mm. medium for you about to write a book. But I genuinely think you could probably speak to anybody for an hour, mm. which is a powerful tool.
1: Mm. I mean, another thing is so many of these famous people who start podcasting will have, they'll probably have a really good podcast where it's a couple of them discussing. There's like a few of the football ones I like of the, the TV presenters. I like their podcast when they them discussing. They get a guest on to interview. thing falls apart. Yeah. Because They don't know how to interview, they're interrupting each other. The questions they're asking at the service level it's stuff everyone's heard before, and you can then that's when you really see like who's an actual podcast host because okay. these guys are great at having the conversations between themselves, but as soon as it comes to
0: something like this, they, they'd struggle, they struggle massively. But you look at how much money Spotify lost this year mm-hmm. Obama and his wife oh, yeah, the big podcast hasn't done well, has failed. Prince Harry and his Mrs. Meghan Markle again, another one. There's so many. And and some people might might not like the host because they're not curious mm. or they don't know how to have a nice open conversation, lead someone and throw something the, spark it up and off they go. Well, Megan wasn't even there.
2: No, no, you know exactly. that's, we're that's, we're that's, that. This. <laughs> Let's my not most, do this again. You got so
1: much abuse in those comments. <laughs> uh, it's my most viewed video it's is it?
2: talking about like the f- falling apart of Spotify because yeah. they're relying on these like celebrities that yeah. don't have a real personality. Mm. Don't th- live in the real world. I think, I think podcasting, taken seriously, is a
0: 25 grand a year business investment. I would say so. 100%. So, do, you th- do you think it's worth doing if you're not going to invest money? In? Definitely not. 100% not. Who do you really want to interview? There's a few. Ray Winston. I'd love to interview David Beckham. I think he's such a gentleman and the national treasure. Um, Conor McGregor. <laughs> 20 G's. <Tom laughs> Gs. Zero Gs. Um, yeah, there's, there's, there's quite a few. I'd love to... Yeah, there's, there's, there's a few. There's none... The thing is, I don't, I don't sit there going, I really want him on my show. It just all kind of happens. I haven't targeted anyone. Hmm. I haven't gone, I'm going to need to reach out to him because I really want him on my show. I'll know someone who knows someone. Give us a mobile number and away we go.
2: Network's your network your net worth, right? hundred percent, hundred percent. Who have you interviewed? David Attenborough. I oh, would yeah. be the number one. Did Rob tell you about his many rejections? No. Go on. So this is—it's funny you mentioned letters earlier. So a way that got guests for Rob show is handwritten letters. Mm. Find the address because nobody throws away a handwritten mm. letter, and um, he's tried it with Attenborough a couple of times, and every time he writes back. This is lovely calligraphy. I'm Basically, saying it's do, do one. one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know, I'm pretty sure he's got a frame somewhere. Yeah, right. At this point, surely it would have cost him less time to have
1: come on the podcast than yeah, yeah, replies yeah, to all yeah. his letters. Yeah. But um,
2: Yeah, so Rob was I don't like being rejected, but I don't mind being rejected by David Attenborough because mm. he did write yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. fair <laughs> play. Yeah, it's good.
1: Which of the guests have you had where you felt nervous about it, Any? Have you ever had any where you sat there nervous, either because of like who they are or you, you look up to them or you don't know what direction to take their conversation have you ever felt nervous no no I uh, never
0: never do you think there is anyone out there that would make you feel nervous to interview no I don't think I don't think there is I guess because I was thrown in the deep end mm. eight episodes in not a podcaster going to co-host their Red show interviewing the biggest interviewer in the world Piers Morgan yeah like and I'm interviewing him so it's all easy now so, so no but my but the, and listen we've had many naughty characters in here who were reformed and we've had many SAS who have done naughty stuff and on tours in Afghan in Kosovo and Iraq and we're talking about their PTSD and the levels they've gone to of wanting to take their own life that that there are moments where I have goosebumps all over me they're moments where they're talking about they live day to day because of the horrors of what's going on in their mind after leaving the army or special forces. They, those ones, the moments when you're in there, you're like, this is chilling. This is really chilling. There's one, there's one just come out yesterday. His name's Craig Harrison. Have a listen to that. It's an hour and a half. He's the sniper, isn't he? He's the sniper. Yeah. And he talks about his PTSD and there's PTSD and there's PTSD. There's PTSD on a scale of one to ten. There's one. There's PTSD at ten.
2: Yeah, have a listen. It's 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 it's, um, it's really powerful. Do you ever have to stop, like during an episode? Does it ever get really heavy? Yeah, we stopped last week with a
0: guy. I'm not going to say his name's coming out. Um, he was talking. He's a he's a ex. He's a criminal underworld and this is the first time he's ever spoken up and he talks about his childhood being sent to uh, being in care. And normally the anyone who's been really naughty in their time has always had trauma as a kid, whether you're extremely aggressive or whether you're a bank robber or whether you have gone into... Special forces, or there's always some trauma somewhere. But his trauma was really deep. He's never spoken about it. He's just written a book about it. The book's not out yet. It's the first time he's ever spoken. Um, he's best mates with Colton Leach, who was on podcast oh a, a year ago or so. But he started speaking and just had to stop. Tears, and you're talking a man, a big man. Tears didn't know what to do. We had to stop and start, and it was that was that was a moment. Do so those sort of interviews change your perspective on anything? No. No, because everyone's gone through trauma. And I've got sympathy and empathy with people, not for what they have maybe put themselves through or other people through later on in their life, but when they are reformed and gone full circle again, to hear these stories that people have been holding on to for 20, 30, 40, 50 years and never spoken out because there's no such thing as podcasts and they're not used to social media, And why would you speak up about what happened to you when you were younger on social media? But podcast is the form that you can get up and speak now, and let your voice and let your let your voice be heard. Honestly, so powerful. We've had so many powerful episodes that some in some episodes I've had to go for a walk afterwards, go for like an hour and a half walk, and hug a tree, and take your shoes and socks off, and just walk on the grass. (laughs) Honestly, I mean, like it's because you're talking some really big eventful lives some people have lived you know and, and they've got a safe platform here and they've got a safe host they're not out to stitch anyone up or out to do anything we're just telling your story and getting it out there in a, in
2: a really nice way I think that'd be really hard what's that? well we're not very serious at all mm-hmm. if somebody was to pour their heart out like that to us I don't know how would we we'd, would make our, we'd make eye contact <laughs> in Google Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, it's a uh,
1: you have to be a certain kind of person to get into that space anyway in the interview, in yeah. the interview process, right? And it's obviously
0: a this, is, this is serious stuff. You're talking about someone's life, exactly. you know, and then you do switch on. It's like, because you're home, in with a headphone and the zoom. You're like, wow, you can feel the energy.
1: It's yeah. like in a separate room when you've got headphones on as well, isn't it? And that's probably why people feel so safe
0: to yeah. speak. If you're out on the street with a the microphone, there's everything else going on. Right. But they know so, people who so. come on on our show, they know they're in safe hands. mm mm-hmm. Yeah, they're in real safe hands here, which, which, is, which is a delight as well. And then, I'm not talking about that, but then you've got people who are comedians who are funny as, and you've got sports stars who are funny as, and you've got all these people, got amazing stories about entrepreneurship. And da, da, da. But going back to your question, are there any moments where it's just like, I was close to welling up on a few of them. There's been about three or four. I I'm there with just full-on tears in my eyes. Didn't drop, but you know, you're just holding on tight. Don't drop, don't <laughs> drop monks. if he sees you drop one, he's going to drop one because he's got tears in his eyes. But Craig Harrison, anyone listening out there, go and listen to Craig Harrison's one. Or Dave Redband. Or go and listen to Phil Campion, SAS. He tells it in a way, he had trauma as a kid. One of the 20 Stone SAS men spoke up about being in the care homes. Again, trauma as a kid. But he's turned everything into a joke. So he's turned everything to light-hearted, funny, Talks about the horrible situations, but he turned it into a funny story. That's the way he's, dealing with it and coping with it but no one leaves the army with, without mind mind health problems because there's no support when you leave you're out on your own there's no support and that's what i've learned over the last three years it's the same when people leave the prison system there is no support you know as an entrepreneur there is no support it's you You're the one, you're leading the front, you're bringing a team, building a team around you, leading from the front. You're the first one that people want to knock down, you know. They're very linked, you know. Criminal underworld, the SAS world and entrepreneurs. Very linked, How I believe. Black sheep. No, I just think, yeah, I just think being an entrepreneur, there's so many easy ways you could have gone. You know, you've got something about you as an entrepreneur. You know how to read a room. You know how to cut a deal. You know how to be with people. You know how to socialise. You know how to clock things up that people aren't clocking. Mm. It's the same as the criminal underworld. It's the same as the the military SAS world as well. It's just what route you go down at the age of 18, 19, 20, you either yeah. go to the left route, the straight route, or the right route. You know, you take a left, carry on walking straight, or whack a right. They're real fine lines. Mm. You've been an entrepreneur then. Do you feel like that's helped you connect with these people when you've interviewed them? Yeah, 100%. I grew up in London living above pubs as a kid. You know, you see things you shouldn't see as a kid. Mm. You know, we had doormen and bouncers on our doors. We had a two-bed flat above it. We had a nightclub next door. You know, I was hanging around with the doormen and bouncers from the age of 5, 6, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13. Four. I was going in clubs at 10, 11, 12, 13 till 2, 3 in the morning with the bouncers being protected, being looked after and then being brought back to my mum and dad at the pub. You know, you, 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 you see things and you have police raids in your pub and you you help do it. Yeah, you, there's, also, there's, there's, there's all sorts of things go on in the pub. You have happy, happy times, you have toxic environments, you have violence, you have funny people, you have wheeler dealers. Imagine everyone coming into your front room at home. That's what it's like, mm-hmm. you know, and you're the landlord's son. Jeez, there's, there's instant respect there. And my dad was a bodybuilder um, back in the day in the 80s and he was well respected. And he was he was a he was a very fair, fair and, and tough man. And back before then, he had to throw people out. You know, you see your old man having tear ups and fights. So that was quite surreal, really. And you go around to people's friends' houses on the weekend, and everyone's having dinner together and watching TV together. And go back to all well, the pub, which I love the environment, the pub, the fruit machines, the people, the connections, and you know, then you see your old man throwing people out and having a punch up outside. <laughs> mm. So I guess with that has all helped me into. Be who I am today, you know. My whole life has been about sport and business, and now it's sport, business, and entrepreneurship.
1: Yeah, I uh, I lived above above a pub for the first few years of my yeah. life. Admittedly, not in London, but I remember my parents were very quick to say, "Look, we want to get you out of that kind of environment." Environment, yeah. Here, growing up, so I never really experienced it from like a memorable age. But yeah. the first few years of my life were above a pub, which was opposite a nightclub that my mum and dad yeah. owned. Um, so I. From the stories I've been told
0: not my memory, I relate to some of them. Mm. But it's not the extent of London. It wasn't in London. No, I wouldn't change it for the world. I absolutely loved it. I buzzed off here because I grew up mm. with adults. Everywhere I was is adults. Adults, adults, adults. You yeah, watch, don't speak to anyone. You, right? I speak to everyone. You know, I love chatting to cleaners and dinner ladies, to CEOs, to... I had a, uh, a meeting with a couple of billionaires the other day. It doesn't matter. Normally, the billionaires are normally not happy. <laughs> normally, dinner ladies are really happy. Normally, the cleaners are happy doing things you get to chat to everyone you know and as long as people take their ego out of the way and they're humble I'll chat to everyone
2: I love people talk to us about the live shows that's something I'm excited about
0: yeah yeah good conversations happening at the moment about taking Eventful Lives podcast on tour bringing some of the guests with me amazing myself hosting There might be I might mix a top SAS or special forces with a international drug smuggler who tells his story or a, a, a Harry Redknapp and he tells his story. We mix everyone in or Barry Hearn or anyone who's... Stick them on a couch together. Stick them on a couch and go, right, let's go. Let's go. Let's, let's try all this. You know, because I'm not doing this to to be under pressure of, oh, we need to sell this amount of tickets to break in. I'd rather it just be, let's ask the questions. Do Would you come if we put this on? Would you come if we put this on? So we're kind of selling it out before actually... Confirming it. Mm. Yeah. Because it's not about earning money from this. This is about can we invest money back into our ex, uh, into our soldiers and veterans who are on the streets homeless? Mm. How can we get those people off the streets? How can we raise awareness? How can we put money into them so they've got a nice sleeping bag or a home or a night, night to bite to eat and a, a roof over their head? You know, it's, it's about making the awareness as well. So, look, we, we're doing it for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. It would be awesome as well if you had like
1: say just say you have got three guests and they're just completely different worlds. But that's what I want. And then they you'll obviously lead the conversation but there might be times that how, how Rednap starts asking the guy and yes yes about and then that kind of crossover that you would never expect to see someone who's lived that kind of life speaking to someone sort of from the whole agree other kind of upbringing etc.
0: Um, and then hopefully it won't just be you asking questions and it would be like oh, a big conversation. conversation on stage and the people watching will be like wow and then we'll have a pint afterwards with everyone and then we can people can sign stuff and we just want to make it easy we want to mm. make it different you know and, but these things do cost money mm. you know after 25 years of putting on events I know that there's going to be a rent up front I know there's going to be costs I know there's going to be hotel rooms I know a, what is it to break even how many is it to break even you know And do you have an estimate It all depends how big theatre is. I thought he was selling out West Ham Stadium. (laughs) 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 And we got 60,000 at West Ham, London Stadium. Um, That'd be a dream. Yeah. Who knows? 2025. Who knows? Who knows where it's going? I'm just, the thing is, lads, is we haven't got any major plans. We're just doing what we're doing and really enjoying what we're doing. There's about to be Mm. enough with the process, right? Loving the process and found this new world of obviously throwing events and throwing festivals and nightclubs and building sportswear brands, and now the podcasting world. And it just
2: feels right. All right, final question from me. Who do you know that we should interview next? For your podcast? Mm. Now, a lot of people. Who's a creator that inspires you? Josh. I would as well. I think that'd be a very good episode. Yeah man behind the camera with, Josh, um,
0: Josh our producer here has got the best mindset I've ever met he's only early 20s he's humble and he just gets it and he's Gen Z and he's got that wonderfully creative mind and he's a joy to work with you could learn a thing or two <laughs> you sure? yeah all right. <laughs> but my point my point is there people think Gen Z's are lazy mm. I don't know where people get that from. If you love what you do, you, you can't mm. be lazy. Mm. And, uh, yeah, Josh Haynes, for you, I would. You coming on?
2: Yeah, all right. There was no, no question there.
0: <laughs> no, I appreciate that. How much money for your phone book? <laughs> <laughs> Mate, that, that mobile, that this mobile here, right? I got this mobile in 1995. Not the actual mobile. Cause it was right. I no, got no, no. big ones, the small ones, little ones. To, I've not missed a contact. What do you mean? Every number in there is safe? Every number in there is the number of numbers I've built up since 1995. How many contacts do you have? People, pro- individually people, maybe 5,000, 5,000, 5,000, individual people. So back in the day when you had a mobile phone, if you wanted to change your mobile phone, you had to, take, you had to write down all the numbers. Mm-hmm. And so I had a black book, I wrote them all down. Every time I changed my mobile, I made sure every single one was uploaded. It would take me like a week. Really? Yeah, I would make sure of it. My mum always taught me as a kid everyone you meet is a contact. And I stuck with me for life. anyone I meet now, even if you're chatting, how are you doing, mate? Da, da, da. I'll give you a number. Da, 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 and I put in there Dave, Liverpool, fan.
1: And just some, some information. Some information.
0: everyone in my mobile's got brackets, something. Yeah, mine's like, yeah just, right. to, just to relate the mind. But. You know, this, this has been a, a real good tool since we're doing the podcast is actually to open doors. I feel like I'm one phone call away from anyone. If I can't find that person, give me two phone calls and I'll be able to get
2: over with them somehow. This is wild, by the way. I don't know if you know this. Doge only calls people to get them on the show. What do you mean? I mean, I think this is definitely an age thing. But I think that one thing about Gen Z is we don't call anyone. Mm-hmm. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? Yeah. I WhatsApp run all my business, even I don't do email.
0: Yeah. People, I like, How do you that? run all your business without email? I just don't do email. Phone, pick up the phone, cut a deal, WhatsApp, open doors. Mm. More personal, more effective. I think so. It's works it's it's working, or has worked, and is working. I just find it easier that way. You can see when they've read it, double tick. Not mm. people aren't hiding behind emails going, Oh, I saw it was in my junk. Like people make stuff up or they play mind games, they leave it four or five days to get back so they feel important. Nah. What's that? We'll see when you read it. You get back to me, I'll get back to you straight away. Mm. We've done a deal. Or we're happy to agree on that. Or I'll see you there at 7 o'clock tomorrow or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Quicker. Just so I reckon the business must have sped up by about five. Our business
2: is probably about five years by being so active on that. Ruin it. Yeah, I think so. And WhatsApp is one of the only notifications on my phone that's turned on. Mm. Emails, social media, everything else turned off. Yeah, 100%. Because I don't like it. That's why I okay. get forwarded all your emails. Yeah. Yeah, who needs them? Yeah, sort of email.
1: Really, a uh, really shallow question to finish. Who's yeah. the most famous person in that five thousand people contact book? Mm-hmm.
0: I'm not going to say you two.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. You two, All right? Well, Ashley and my, Clay. Most money then. Perfect. All right, Dodge. I've had an awesome time. I appreciate you. Yeah. Yeah. I've really enjoyed it, lads. Thank you very right What's we... it like being on the other end. Different. Is she? Very <laughs> different. <laughs> uh, it feels very different being the other end,
0: but it's, it's quite nice as well because you you two are good hosts. You ask the right questions. You listen, and I can see your brains working. What the next one will be. I've thoroughly enjoyed it, gents.